Hi, welcome to Mimi. I'm Mel. I created Mimi as a safe space for creativity, a place for creatives to come together, get inspired, and find help through accessible coaching, free resources, and fun workshops and masterclasses on everything from branding, surface design, illustration, and more. The Mimi podcast is basically a really good excuse for me to chat with amazing people, from illustrators and designers to photographers, makers, and more. In today's episode, I chat with Miriam Van Nest, an illustrator and maker from Quebec. Before embarking on her illustration journey, Miriam was a sculptor. You can still see the influence of her previous creative life in her creations and all her collages. We talked about the idea of reaching success later on in life and how it feels to always be ready to reinvent yourself. It was so fun hearing about her process and how much she loves using paper and color in her work. We also discussed her love of Scandinavian design, what she wishes would change within the creative industry and how she juggles motherhood and freelance life. Enjoy! How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. Really excited to be yeah. doing this. You know, I love your work and I love how colorful it is and I love how joyful and obviously I love that you do collages and like you do a lot of different things. But before we talk about your work, I want to rewind and think about little Miriam. So you were born and grew up in Quebec. Um, yep. You're back in Quebec now. You kind of traveled around. We're going to talk about this and yeah. then went back home. <laughs> which is really cool. So tell me a little bit about Little You and how creative you were. Yeah, I've always been very, very creative. I don't come from a very creative family. I think I'm the only one who's very artsy, but like my parents were always very encouraging. So it was always, um, I could always be myself creatively when I was little. I grew up in the suburbs of Quebec, which was very boring. I did not like it at all. Like the first time I moved to a big city, I was like, wow, this is how life can be exciting. <laughs> but, uh, but I had a very normal childhood and would draw all the time and build stuff. And um, yeah, I guess art and creativity was very a big part of my childhood until I was a teenager. And yeah, I've, I've always been making stuff. So yeah. yeah. But you've got a twin sister, right? Yeah, I have a twin. She's um, she's like a professor now. She's a big um, researcher. So we're very different, but we get along so well. But we're very, very different. <laughs> I find that so interesting. I think I'm really fascinated with twins. And so it's so interesting that although you're twins, you're quite different. I'm sure there's, you are, you're saying that, but I'm sure there's loads of ways when you're quite similar, probably. But the fact that you went into something really creative and artistic and she went something completely different is really interesting. Yeah, but I mean, like, in a way, like, I think that, like, anyone that works in research has to be very creative. Like, the process is quite similar to, like, the artistic proce process in a way. But, um, yeah, obviously, very different fields. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so what I really like in your story as well is that it wasn't straightforward. You didn't, like, you know study illustration and then became an illustrator you have a really kind of particular path which is really interesting okay let's try to start at the beginning what I really like is that you were a sculptor you did a lot of sculpting like large installations work for a long time before even going into illustration or anything so tell me about that what led you to doing sculpting 
Actually, I think that like sculpture is more like, I'm actually like a sculptor who ended up doing illustration, but I think at the core, I'm more a sculptor than an illustrator. Uh, so for me, like working with my hands, uh, it's something that comes very naturally. So when I chose like a major, like when I was doing my bachelor's degree, for me, it was very like natural thing just to choose sculpture. Like I always enjoyed drawing, but for me, it was just like for fun. That's something that I would create like big artwork with. So that's why I chose that for me, like working with my hands is really at the core. So like for most of my 20s, I would say like, I really like working in the public space. I would be making this really large scale public installation, like temporary installation and so on. I really like working. I wasn't really drawn to working like in galleries and stuff like that. I like my work to be outside and so on. So in my 20s, I did a lot of that and it was really fun. And like, it led to me making like permanent public artwork um, in Quebec for like three times and it was a lot of fun, but also like always um, very um, stressful because like you're doing really big works and it takes a lot of space and a lot of time. So it was the kind of project I could do in my 20s. But then like after I had a kid and I was living in California, like I didn't have like the space or time or like will to do like really large scale projects. So like at that time, like just after my master's in, in Finland and then I had a kid and then slowly I was kind of tired of, of this whole process and I was looking to do something maybe less time consuming, more like spontaneous so that's why, like, I started slowly to go towards, like, illustration and paper collage. But at first, it was quite just, like, um, like a creative outlet. I wasn't thinking, like, oh, I should make work out of this, you know? <laughs> like, I did not talk. Like, I didn't think it could be, like, a career or something. Like, it was just, like, oh, I need to do something creative, and I don't have a lot of time or energy. What can I do? <laughs> so, so that's how, like, paper collage started, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's so fun. And I think what's really interesting about your journey as well is that you're such a good example that people can be really successful and have a really thriving career later on in a weird way. You know, it's like how to say this in a good way. You you didn't, you know, a lot of young, you know what I mean? You're still very young. You know you are. I'm young too. We're all very young. We'll be young forever. It's just a state of mind. What's just a number? I remember you mentioning Lisa Condon that also has a path where she got into illustration later on and became really successful and this whole thing of we shouldn't have the pressure of feeling like we can only succeed if we start really young yeah I love that in your journey as well that you had a real voice as well I think when you started doing the colleges you really knew where you were and what you liked and all of that and I find that really interesting too yeah I think like when like it's so crazy to think about it now like I guess I was I started like doing that in when I was 31 or something when it sort of started taking off I was like oh my god can I actually do this you know because I'm, I'm 31 but like it's so young it's so young and then like I was reading about the Lisa's Condon journey and like how she said she was sort of a late bloomer and started like selling and making money from her work at like around 38 or something and then it was sort of very validating I was like yeah you can always start something new and then like you don't actually start from zero because even though like I was new in the world of illustration I had this artistic background and like for me business came a little bit more easily because I had you know, like this baggage with me but yeah I think definitely every time you start something new especially for like a career in the creative industry you feel like an imposter all the time but especially at the beginning like I'm allowed to do this I didn't study like illustration so to see someone else who's like so accomplished today like Lisa Condon 
then like be very real about this it's very like sort of encouraging that like you can start something new at any time right now I'm envisioning that like probably in like 10-15 years I will be doing something else creative so you don't have to just do one path and stick to it it's nice that you can sort of branch out and try new things and it's great you shouldn't just stick to one thing yeah yeah that's really reassuring because I think a lot of creative people tend to like a lot of different things and it's more about figuring out what works for us and how we can express what we want to express you know how we best do it is it through illustration through photography through ceramics through sculpture but it's interesting what you mentioned about not studying illustration like you know let's say a community of illustrators that we're all following each other or looking at each other's work all the time I'd love to see who actually went to not even art school because I went to art school but I studied graphic design so it doesn't count I'd like to see who actually studied illustration and I'm sure the percentage is really low from all the like really talented people out there but then I'm sure those people are still like oh you know or maybe I would feel less like an imposter if I went to art school but I don't think you need to go to art school no not anymore anyway I think if now it's easier even if you didn't follow that path to carve yourself a space in the creative industry like there's lots of way to to get there yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Do you reckon it's because we have more access now to ways of learning about these things like digital illustration and anything basically? Yeah, absolutely. Like, every time we need to learn something, it's so easy now. You can do, like, if you just need something, like, oh, I want to learn animation. There's dozens of courses, even more, like thousands of courses you can take to learn it. That's how I did it first. Like, oh, I need to learn how to do a repeat pattern. And then you just take a class and then you know, and then you practice, you know. It's- if you have access to so much stuff right now, it's much more easier to to sort of learn it on your own, and and then you just need to develop your style and practice, and then. But yeah, it's definitely more available to nowadays, like to do that. Yeah, yeah which is cool. it is amazing. I think it has definitely opened the doors mm-hmm. for loads of people that maybe couldn't afford art school, mm-hmm. couldn't go anywhere near an art school, or these things. Um, and also it makes us, you know, I feel like it's easier to be wherever in the world as well. Even when you're younger, if you just want to travel around and be an illustrator, you can just do everything on your computer. You don't need to be exactly. uh, in a big city. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I did. Because my my um, my partner was always doing like a postdoctoral degree all over the place. So this is why it was so easy for us as a family. Like, because I just need that computer. I just, I don't mind where we live in the world. It's definitely a good thing. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your process. Because most of your illustrations, if not even all your illustrations, I think, start with paper and collages. You like, like you mentioned before, to use your hands to create things. I want to hear about that process and, you know, how it starts, how you actually create an illustration. Yeah, I think the thing with the paper collage is that, again, it comes from my path as a sculptor. Like, I really need to work with my hand. So with paper, like, every time I start a new project, for most projects, like, people, like, projects that involve, like, drawing people, usually I, I won't, like, use a lot of paper collage, but for the rest, I do. Um, so just the, the act of, like, cutting pieces of paper and then playing around on, like, paper is just, like, and then moving everything, just this sort of gets the ideas flowing. And I get get me in a really good creative space. So like, even if I don't actually use what I'm doing, uh, usually um, it just brings something else. So it's just a good creative exercise to do before I start my actual work. It's in a way, it's kind of a play session, you know, I'm just playing on with stuff and it's just, and some things always happens most of the time. And then it leads to something else. But like for the pattern work, like a hundred percent, everything starts with paper because it's just like, yeah, 
the, where the magic happens. I haven't done like so much of it lately because I do it more like um, mural and like character design. So I miss it a little bit. But when I'm in a funk or like I don't feel creative when I need like when I need to be creative, I go back to cutting paper and it always like does the trick of getting my ideas flowing and putting me in more like of a creative space so that I, that I can do creative work. After that. I feel like what's nice about it is that if you start something digitally, you just start from a white blank page and you need to start bringing elements. You need to draw things on there. But when you do collage, you start with a sheet of color, usually, mm-hmm. and you can start cutting and then things start happening. It's a bit magical. It's like you'll cut a shape, but then you've created another shape. And then everything, that's probably why it sparks your creativity as well, because it, it kind of brings things to you. It gives things to you while you're doing it and then you build it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a great process. So do you feel like it's defined your style as well a little bit? Has it helped like refine what your illustrations look like? Yeah, definitely. Because when I started, definitely like always working with paper, I really like this, the feeling that it gives to my illustration, because usually even if it finishes like digitally, I always keep this feeling of paper cutting, because I really like the look of it. So I think this is why it's been consistent is that I like to have this, I like to see the, the, the where it began as a like work with paper. So yeah, I think that's why it's very important to, to, to still have this thing of, of the collage. So I think that's why my work is looks consistent now because I always use the same process and, and I like it so much. I don't think I'm ever going to really like veer away from that file because I think it's now it's very me and this is what I like doing. So, yeah. When you do, you said like for all the character design or murals or other things you've been doing, how do you bring that back in? I think with color mostly, but I think now because like I find like the clients that reach out to me for like um, work that involves more like character very different clients than for my pattern work but I think it's nice it's like I have two personalities like the person that does this and the person that does a very playful patterns and so on I like when I have project going on that have the two so it's very different but I think the project that involves like patterns and paper maybe are a bit more fun for me because it's like my natural state uh, the other one is a bit more like um, I have to draw a lot and I like drawing but it's not like natural thing that I like to do best but yeah it's a balance between both but I mean I still like the illustration that I create with characters it's just very different so I think it's good to have different things but I think with colors and and because I now I create the same style of characters it's still you recognize that it's my work so that works yeah so talking <laughs> about style but also inspiration you do have a bit of a Scandinavian thing happening, which I love. And that's obviously because you love that, but also because you spend some time in Finland. And yeah, I want to hear about this. So I was in, in Helsinki, like when I did my master's, I did a master's in environmental art, like at the end of my 20s. Mostly I wanted to go to Finland because I wanted to live in Finland, not so much for the studies, but it was a good opportunity. I had a scholarship and so on. But like when I was there, it was like kind of the start of the end of me doing sculpture and stuff like that. <laughs> I was so excited to be there. It was the first time like seeing all this Finnish design and Scandinavian design. It was so amazing for me. When I started illustration, it was still like a really big source of inspiration 
inspiration, like the way they use material and the way they use color, the way everything is so simple, but so effective. Like for me, it's like pure magic. Uh, so even today, like I'm always mesmerized with Finnish brands and, and designers, how they use like the composition is always so spot on. It's so, so good. Everyone knows Marimeko, but like if you think of the, the clothing brand Papu or like Calvinist Finland, their pattern is so beautiful. And every time as I'm always amazed of the kind of work they do and it's definitely a big inspiration like how to do so much with so little but have so much impact you know this is trying to finish design for me it's kind of like mm. perfect and minimalistic but also organic and the shapes are so good yeah I think we're all thriving <laughs> towards that all of us yeah I love it my yeah. granddad was Swedish so I do like channel my <laughs> Swedishness so you've talked a lot about the idea of always remaining a beginner in anything you do and always learning new things and I want to know two things what's something you've learned recently that was new and got you excited and if there's something you haven't tried yet and you want to learn soon I don't know if I've learned something new recently I haven't had the time yeah I can't think of anything recently I've learned professionally every time I do a project that's something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone it's always the best project that I really enjoy because it forces you to like oh I have to learn this skill to finish this project so this is always really good for me but otherwise like stuff I would like to learn like I think one of the things I want to do in the future is like furniture making or like like with wood or something and I've been saying that for like the past six months and I didn't I haven't started yet but still like it's something I really really want to do when I have more time and the energy for it but yeah I'm thinking like my next creative venture that won't be like related to my income but have something to do with like furniture or like just object making but like just for fun but yeah it's something I want to do it's on my to-do list it hasn't started yet but it's something that I'm gonna do in the coming months or years yeah <laughs> is it more Hopefully. Yeah. Are you thinking more homeware goods or more actual furnitures like chairs or are you thinking more lamps? I guess it's all furniture, but are you thinking oh, smaller all the, things? Yeah, all, all of it. it. Okay, yeah. amazing. The, I have like a press board, like a private board with all the inspiration that these crazy colorful objects, you know, sort of mix like illustration and sculpture and everyday life. And I love it so much. Like when I feel bummed out, I go look at that board and I'm like, oh my God, one day I'm going to do stuff like that and it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that yeah. sounds so nice. Yeah, I'm the same. I love furniture design. Well, coming back to anything Scandinavian anyway, but I think like interior design as well. Like we're trying to buy a house at the moment and if we do get it, oh my goodness, I'm going to go all crazy. I'm probably going to want to be an interior designer now. Tomorrow I'm going to be like, guys, I'm not an illustrator anymore. I'm just going to do interior design because it's the best. Like you mentioned anyway, we're all, we're using one medium at the moment, but all creativity can apply to anything. We can bring color into anything we like. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is color because I know that you love color you use it a lot in your work but like you've been trying to also inject it in your life have you felt like even just wearing more colors I remember us talking about it on Instagram I've been trying to wear more color obviously I'm wearing black now so just ignore me right now but in general I've been trying to wear more color have you felt a shift in how people like I feel like it makes people happier people around us and ourselves yeah it's like a total mood uh shift like for me like I noticed like when I in the past couple of months and, and year I've been more intentional about like uh, dressing really colorfully or like and it's like it makes me so happy and like now my partner's just really colorfully as well and my kids love it also and my twins started doing it so <laughs> and then they're always colorful so it's just like makes you happy and makes a happy environment and I don't know for me I just 
I just I get a kick out of it. It's just like really fun. I will never be wearing gray and like stuff like that. And now now that I'm really more colorful, I have so much fun with it. And so yeah, it just puts me in a good mood. And like it's so funny every time I have like meeting with clients on Zoom and like people like, oh, you're so colorful, like your illustration. And like that's true. It's so it's so good. I, I feel like now that my the way I'm I'm dressing myself reflects more my my work and, and my personality. So it's it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's so good. It's so interesting though, because you mentioned the grey and I was thinking yeah, I don't own anything grey. I'm sure you're the same because I'm I'm mentioning it because I do have a lot of black and white clothes as well. And I think at the end mm-hmm. of the day, black and white are still... I know they're not meant to be colours, or maybe are they? I can't remember the consensus on this. But I think what we like as well is contrast and brightness or like intensity. So sometimes Absolutely. black and white is amazing too. Absolutely. So yeah, I was just Absolutely. thinking about that. Yeah. No, we have this joke. With, like I love black and white also. Like every contrast is good and it makes colour pop as well. But we had this joke with my kids that like there would never be something gray or beige in our home because it's the worst color. And like now every time my kids see these colors, like, oh my God, mom, there was a gray shirt. It's awful. And we make fun of it. And it's it's so funny that now even they like notice color. And the other day I was listening to my kid who was explaining to another kid what cobalt blue is or what um vermilion red is. And the other kid was like, What? And it's so nice that they pick up on it and that I get really interested in colors as well. So it's, it's cute. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I need to start doing <laughs> that with River. I think she naturally likes color. I think kids are naturally attracted to colors. And then growing up, we just get... Because that's the interesting thing, isn't it? It's like in society, it's seen as kind of childish almost. Like seeing people wear loads of colors or mixing patterns and stuff. I noticed it like when I dress my kids. Like I have a kid who's, who just turned five and the other one is nine. And they always like, I always dress them really colorfully. So they love color and they want to dress with a lot of colors. But um, my older son is nine. And now at this age, like it's sort of pre-teens clothing and it's all black and gray and navy and like it's like when my kid even notices and it's like why why no more colors at my age i'm like that's true why no more colors because now it's kind of a challenge to find to find colorful clothing and it sucks that society like pushes especially for boys like pushes like that oh now that you're growing up you need to dress in these really boring colors you know it sucks yeah i'm gonna change that maybe that's what we should do as well like a colorful fashion brand for all ages no gray no beige i mean again i feel like the only thing is if you do go to scandinavia they do they do like those colors yeah so talking about your journey so far i want to know if there's something you wish you'd known when you started out i think i would i would have liked to earlier start to like it's good to start something even if you don't feel totally ready for it I think at the beginning I was you're very we tend to be very careful because we feel like we don't belong and so on and that we wait a little bit too much before putting ourselves out there as artists and so on but I think it's good to just be okay with not being perfect and just going for it for me I was like oh, I should have started doing this earlier because it was even good then but we're very hard on ourselves and I think yeah it's good to start even if you don't feel ready like now I I do that a little bit more and I think it's good if I would have had that mentality a little bit earlier on I think things would have moved a bit faster like at the pace that I wanted to go but I was so careful I think not wait to be too ready because anyway you never really are ready for anything so you might as well just go for it have you found juggling motherhood and 
freelance life and creative work and time for yourself and all of that. Can I just say first that isn't it kind of weird that like we always ask this to women but not to men? You know, as a society, I do ask like... it to. I mean, <laughs> I have asked it actually to the guys. <laughs> you, but I'm saying like in general, yeah. That, yeah, women artists and not men. But yeah, it's definitely like uh, becoming a parent. It, it changes everything. But for me, like I started the illustration, like basically when I had a small baby. So for me, it's always been like intertwined together. Like you don't have a lot of time. You have to make to make the most of the time when when you can. So because of that, that's all I know. So I think it's okay. But for me, it's always a struggle. Like I wish I could have so much more time to do all the things I want to do and the energy to do everything I want to do. So even now, like I've been a mother for nine years and it's still like, oh, I wish I had more time. And, and I think I'm guessing for all parents who do creative work, it's it's the same. It's not um, it's not easy to to do both. Right? But at the same time, being freelance, it makes it so much easier. Like you have so much freedom and, and for, for the time with your kids. So it's, I don't know what the good balance is. Like I feel good right now, like, like I accept that I have not all the time that I want and it's okay because I have this in a way all this freedom so yeah. but yeah mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting that you mentioned the thing about men and it made me think about it a little bit in what I have asked the guys the guys that had dads that have come in the podcast are also illustrators and freelancers yeah. and I think that's the main difference as well as that these dads can be really involved because they are freelancers. So they have time to also be dad and they have that juggle to do. But I think a lot of, again, it depends because I think it's changing now, but in the kind of old school way of having the guy go and work and the mom look after the kids, they don't really have that issue because they're not balancing anything. They're just working and coming home and kind of looking a little bit after the kids. But I think it's interesting because for us as self-employed people, men and women that do this, we are more involved in our kids' lives, I think, just because we kind of work around it. And like you said, we have less time to do all the creative things we want to do. And it's all of us. When are you going to do your (laughs) furniture? You need to do your furniture. Start now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm saying that, but furniture, it's not like you want to do animation or something like furniture. is going to take a lot of planning, isn't it? Yeah, but also because it's not like related to income or it's just for fun. Like I can fail and it's okay. It's just for fun, you know, like... Because, like, I find it now that, like, creative work is, like, my main income. It's very hard to do, like, a creative activity that your brain doesn't think, like, how can I monetize this, you know? So I'm like, okay, I need to find an activity that I would probably really suck at at first so that I don't think, like, that I can make money from this. And not that I want this, but, like, your brain goes there when you start doing something creative. So that's why I'm like, okay, it has to be something that's really going to be hard and that's just functional or something that's not, yeah. yeah. That's my career. I mean, my brain went to, how can you monetize doing furniture? I (laughs) feel like you could sell stuff. It would look amazing. It's funny that you say that because I know I find it really hard not to think that a lot because that's how I feel like we have to have so many different eggs in our basket of things we can Mm -hmm. do, especially for everyone. It's been quite tough. And I think if you can use up your creativity in another way and create something new that can help, you know, why not? But like you said, it's probably better for you to start without that pressure. Yeah, I'm going to commit. Yeah. yeah. So what have you found to be the hardest thing about freelance life so far? I mean, 
two things. Like, I think the financial part is hard, like getting to know, like, I think all illustrators are this way, like pricing and so on. It's still hard, even if you've been doing it for a couple of years. It's still a, a hard part to like find a good balance that you feel good asking how much for your work and so on. But also, I think the other thing that I found really hard is turning your brain off because when you're freelance, you always think about work. And for me, like, even when I'm with my kids and so on, if I have a big project, going on like it's really hard for me to be present like in the other parts of my life and of course sometimes that creates friction and it's hard and I don't know how who does it successfully but for me like turning my brain off and almost all the time thinking about work is very hard so yeah that's I'm still working on that and the last thing I would say is that lately I've been feeling more like you know because we work really like in our bubble and so on all the time alone most of the time which for me works because I'm kind of an introvert but like this year I've been feeling like wow I miss having more like human interaction with people not just in a computer you know like just seeing other adults in my fields or just other adults in general for me to be very nourishing and now I feel I miss that and but that's like the that's the finance life that's how it is I think this lately it's been the hardest part of it I would say do you feel like there's a nice creative community in Quebec? Came back like a year ago, but yeah, there's a good creative community, but like I haven't been connected to it not yet. Yeah. It's tricky, mm-hmm. I guess, because there's the one to do it, but like you said, is finding time and the yeah. energy to do that as well because socializing is tricky like you said we're used to working on our own it's like sometimes you want to be more social and see more you know like-minded people and talk about loads of creative stuff but then you can't get out of the house and oh my goodness yeah exactly like people who tell me like oh you should go work at like shared office and like oh my god that would be the worst for me like (laughs) because i'm like so i don't know it's, it's hard to find a balance like you want to see people but you don't want to like you have to make the effort because it's a lot of effort to meet new people and you're peers and so on so is there i guess that could be related but is there something you wish would change in the creative industry at the moment i think again it relates to transparency like with the brands and when you interact with clients in regards to pay and to um, the budgets and so on it's always very tricky like the amount of hours we lose and like negotiating like like fees for artists and so on like i would love it so much if clients would be upfront like this is this is our budget. This is what uh, we want to do. You to do with this. So yeah, more transparency in regards to like anything that has to do with the financial part of being a freelancer. But also like that everyone have the same like opportunity. You know, women, men, people of colors, and like that it be more inclusive for everyone. Yeah, I think with all industries, there's still a lot of work to do in the creative industry so that everyone feels included. You know. And then have the same opportunity with all the big clients. Yeah, for clients to be aware. And I think it's changed a little bit recently, obviously. There's been such a huge push since 2020. But yeah, still a lot of work to do. But that's good points. Mm -hmm. And I think the transparency aspect is really interesting too. I personally like to quote because I feel like sometimes clients won't give their real budget. I think it's more about also making negotiating okay and a normal part of you know the job because I know a lot of people just kind of freeze up and they see it as I don't know it's like a very businessy thing I enjoy it but it's like setting boundaries as well it's interesting because at the moment I have um, 
that kind of thing going on where I had to quote for a really big project and they've come back with like the smallest budget for the huge amount of work they want doing and it's not just illustration work it's like design it's a lot of things and now I've like gone back to them say well no but what about this and I can and then you know you say obviously taking things off what you said you'd offer to do like it's really interesting to just figuring out how you can still work with people and just make sure that you feel fairly paid for all the work you're going to do because at the end of the day that's what it is isn't it you want to make sure you're getting paid a fair amount for the work you're going to put in because like you said we don't turn our brains off and we bring a lot whenever we take on projects we're really passionate about it i don't think i know an illustrator designer that doesn't love what they do so that's important too i mean that sometimes i feel like like sort of annoyed about how much you know education we have to do about the pricing like no this is a normal way you're supposed to pay artists i'm not being extravagant like you know sometimes you feel like no this is not like a high price it's just normal price with like the standard of living that we have you know like you sometimes you feel like you have to convince like a really think that it's like a crazy amount and like it's not a crazy amount you know it's just like people assume like i find in the creative industry that you should accept sometimes like really low fee then so yeah i feel like it's a lot of education educating clients and that part sometimes it's i find it tiring like that you have to do that like once every two project you know so gets really upset mm-hmm. have you ever thought about having an agent yeah but like in a way like i don't know how that would work i don't know a lot of illustration colleagues who have an agent i don't know if you have one before or if you have one right now but like for me like all my clients they come to me directly like a lot like just reach out and so on and like it would be weird for me like to like send them to my to another person because i'm now it's been like four years and i'm so used to doing this whole thing by myself um so sort of relegating this part to another person would just feel not natural but in a way maybe it would be good for me but like I've never actually like looked for it or been like reached out about this so I haven't really given a lot of thought to it but have you ever had an agent yeah I had one a couple of years ago and it didn't really work for me, but for loads of different reasons. And I think it's, you know, exactly what you mentioned. If you can do it yourself and you're comfortable and you love doing it, then it's fine. I was just thinking about that pricing aspect and then having to, you know, explain to clients. And I think that that's something I enjoyed. It's like you don't have to be the one explaining that. You know, your agent is explaining the quote and working on that pricing thing. So you just focus on the creative part. But from what you're saying, you wouldn't need one. Yeah, if you're doing really well, you are doing really well like you are. And like you mentioned, it's nice to keep that relationship aspect with clients, which I really enjoy too. I think you you don't necessarily need one. Yeah, it's true. I work with a lot of like small clients and small brands. And sometimes I feel like if I would like direct them to an agent, that would feel like intimidating or like, oh, maybe it's going to be too expensive. Or So because I have a lot of clients that are recurring clients, but it's small businesses. And like, so when, once you have this relationship, I don't know, it would feel weird to just like send them to someone else in a way. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I think that's one of the things as well that I found. It was good for the big clients, for them to find really big clients that would expect people to have agents. But like you said, all these small businesses that are the best ones. Yeah, it's really fun to build a relationship and not have to send them out to someone else. So let's talk a little bit about your dream project. Obviously, there's not, we know you want to do furniture design. That's like the biggest dream project. But more in terms of illustration and what you've been doing, is there still projects that you're kind of eyeing up and thinking oh I really want to do that Mm -hmm. 
I always love like when I um get on a project that's like um something that's new. Like if the first time I do food packaging, the first time I do like do like a clothing brand collaboration and something like that. I was supposed to maybe get on an animated TV series for the fall. The project ended up not happening, but I was really excited about that because that's really new for me. Never did a TV project. I don't have like a specific type of project I want to work on, but I would like like in the next month to have something that's new that I haven't done before. Um, because I find that these projects are always like the most interesting because it's like a little bit stressful, a little bit like, uh, yeah, you're definitely out of your comfort zone. And I find that's where I do really good work is when I'm kind of stressed out, but also it's fun because it's even exciting. But So I'm hoping to have something like that in, in sort of a, in another branch that I haven't worked before. But I don't know yet what it would be, but like I'm manifesting doing something something new in illustration i think that's what's so great actually about the work that we do like our work can end up on so many stuff and spaces and so on um like if i would do like something that has to do with set design or whatever you know like to see your work on something else that you haven't thought about before that's what i would like like in the coming year i think you had a stint with ceramics, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I bought the ceramics. I still have to start it. But yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do ceramics this summer. Has not happened yet. I built my studio instead. But uh, yeah, it's still a plan that I want to go back to ceramics. Because I've done it before a lot before I had kids. And I liked it so much because it's so so meditative to work with clay. And I really enjoy it. So I wanted to do a little bit more of that. Uh, but obviously, it's not like related to work or income. Again, it's just for the fun of, of working with my hands on something. In the short run, it's going to happen because I have all this stuff. I just have to start making it. <laughs> you can make baby models of furniture with it. And start exactly. Ideas. <laughs> yeah, that would look really cool. I think it's interesting that you mentioned you keep mentioning the fact that you want to do things that are not for, you know, not for an income, not for work, just for fun. And I find it hard as well justifying these things when, you know, when you're got work and you've got motherhood and you've got life and everything else. And it's really hard, isn't it, to try to make time for these things. It's like we don't even have time. No. Yeah. And proof is that I haven't started yet. But yeah, it's very hard. Also, like every time, like in a way, every time I want to do like a creative project that's not work, I feel guilty because like, oh, I should be updating my website or putting stuff on behead. <laughs> like, no, you're doing ceramics. So it's, it, I think we're being very hard on ourselves, but which is crazy because obviously when I do something else like ceramics or even like baking, after that, I come back with like new creative energy. So it's actually better for my work. But I mean, I think our brain tells us, no, you should just be working with you're working. But I find it like the time, like every time I do something else, it's always better for my work. But it's when you're doing it, you feel guilty, you know? Yeah, I have the yeah. same. I don't know why we have that. But it's that same, coming back to that same thing about not being able to turn off our brains and not having mm -hmm. real boundaries around work in a way. Mm-hmm. Also, I find that every time, like, for me, like, at the beginning of summer and summer is always more slow for work, I think, because maybe a lot of brands don't want to start a project at the beginning of summer. So usually, like, from May to July, it's more slow. And I know this. But every time, like, my brain is like, oh, my God, this is the end. Should I be doing more? And then I have to do more work to put out there to get more clients. And, like, everything always comes back. But I think it's the, the freelance life. It's, yeah, it makes it that it's very hard not to always think about it. No, I have the same thing. And it's so hard because when this happens, we tend to stress out 
and want to work more or just generally be freaking out instead of resting or doing the creative work that, you know, we want to explore. And then when work actually comes back, because it always does, we're just starting from a point of being relieved, but not, you know, but tired or because we've just been freaking out for a month <laughs> or so. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard and we don't learn. Right. Like, I feel like we've been doing that for years and we, we do not learn. We keep freaking out. And then even my partner, I'm sure it's the same with your partner. He's always like, it's fine. It's going to come back. It always does. It's like, yeah, but maybe mm -hmm. I should, no, maybe I should be doing loads of other things. And, you know, so it's so weird. Yeah, absolutely. Like in two weeks, I'm going in the woods for like two weeks and like no phone and so on. And I know it's going to be so good, you know, like not to be connected and like, it's going to be like, you, you, in, when you're in the woods, you cannot think about work because you can't do work. So I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully I will come back with a lot of creative energy after that. What is it? Is it some kind of retreat? Uh, well, it's a place where we go camping with my family, like my sister and my partner and our kids. But it's like deep in the world, like you have to walk with everything and your food to get there. Like an hour after like you get out of the car and you have to go. You can go by water or by walking. And when you're there, it's just like the forest. There's nothing else. So it's always nice because you'll be like in the middle of the woods and there's a lake and that's it. So it's, it's it's kind of like a retreat, but we go every year because it's not so nice to be isolated and just like in the middle of nature with nothing else. So every time, like every summer, it really does the trick of just like, yeah, you just feel so good after that. Yeah. That's amazing. What are you going to do there? Just swim and walk around? and Yeah, just swim and hike and play with the kids. It's just like there's not a lot to do except like be in nature and do games in nature, basically. Um, and also I find with little kids, like you, you don't do like, you're just very present and do fun things. But it's not, it's not like a big adventure. It's just being in nature and doing simple things for like two weeks, but it's the best. Talking about the kids, have you started doing collages with them and doing a little bit of art bits or are they not that interested? No, they are like when, like they actually used to, like when I would do collage sometime with them with that they are at home if you do it with me they like it uh, but now that they are in school I guess we do more like drawing or like sculpture together but like both of my kids are very creative and they really like drawing both of them one of them really likes drawing and the other one is really into painting so we actually do do this together since I'm in the studio and I have all my stuff and materials like the kids have access to all of that so they, they do a lot of creative things even like on their own now which is really nice like they have ideas for projects so it's, it's really nice I'm happy that even though I don't always do creative stuff with them all the time they have all the things that they can use to do it themselves so it's nice I'm happy that to sort of provide a very crafty environment for them to do their own thing so it's it's good ah uh, that's really fun okay yeah. last question I guess was gonna be if you have any big personal Kind of dreams for the coming years personal dreams you know i'm very uh, go with the full person so i'm not very like big goal oriented um but i started doing this thing with illustrator friends that we we met last year in copenhagen and this year we're meeting again in helsinki and i find that like meeting like like finding people who do the same kind of work as me like on a, a kind of a cultural retreat is so much fun and i enjoy it so much Obviously, I don't want to fly too much, like because it's not good to take the plane all the time. But if I can do it once a year to just um, do that, to sort of 
this this trip with um, creative people. I find it very, very good for me to sort of go away from family life and my life here and just be with people like like Manden who like design and geek out on the same, same stuff that I really enjoy too. I would like to be able to do sort of that every year because I... Yeah, it, it nourishes me a lot. But otherwise, like big dreams, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's been like a hard year. So I find that for me, just going on like every day, it's good right now. So um, I've not focused too much on like really far ahead right now. I'm more focused on what's happening next month, uh, next two months or something. So right now it's more my my vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not planning big for the future right now have you got any retreats that are going to be in the southern hemisphere because i feel like you're in quebec and you went to copenhagen then helsinki you're staying in really cold oh my goodness i just realized that i so somewhere that yes i'm pointing <laughs> at you that you didn't you're not a summer person oh my god let's stop this conversation <laughs> right here right now this is not acceptable why miriam why yeah, yeah, that was one of the first things I posted on Tread, which is so much fun, by the way. But yeah, I'm not, but turns out I'm not alone because another person responded to me on Tread. In Quebec, like, I just love winter so much. Mm-hmm. I love winter, I love the cold, I love playing in the snow, it's much fun. But I also love spring, but I'm just not like, I'm just... Yeah, for me, when it's above 25 degrees, I don't feel good. Like, the only thing I really like about summer is, like, swimming in a lake. If I could do that all summer, I would be so happy. It would be, it would be my happy place. But otherwise, I don't know. I like wearing jackets and beret and, like, being in the cold outside. For me, it's just, yeah, I'm just really, like, a cold-weather person. My mom is the same. And I feel like if you don't like winter and you live in Canada, like, it's just going to be miserable. Like, for me, it's just the best. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. But it's so fun to go like to Spain and Italy with my illustration pal. Like I would do it, but like not I mean for, like... it gets a bit chilly. You can, if you go at the right time of year, you can wear berets and, and, and jackets. <laughs> yeah, it's not always super hot. I don't hate winter, but I feel way more creative and happy and joyful and you know, in the summer. Mm. Like I need a bit of a tan. I need my hair to yeah. go under. I feel happy. I don't know. There's something about it. That but I also, love. like, in the UK, it's like there's no snow and it's just gray, right? Like, when I was living in Vienna, like, the winter in Vienna sucks. It's just, like, a long November. But in, in Quebec, it's because you have so much snow. This is so much fun. Like, you can do cross-country skiing and so on. You know, coming back to what we were saying about colors... In the UK, in Europe, in general, winter is really gray and boring and bland. <laughs> and it just rains or it's just gray and nothing. <laughs> But Quebec, like you said, gets a lot of snow. Snow is white. Yes. It makes everything looks good and like bright. It's still bright. And I think that would make a huge difference to me as well. The light. Like the days, it's very, there's a lot of light in Quebec. So it's very, it's beautiful in the winters. Like it's to be in the forest and outside. It's always really enjoyable. And it's, when it's snowing, it's magical. I, I think I would be quite depressed to have winter in the UK probably because it would be gray all the time. But the snow makes everything beautiful. So it's, and it makes everything so cozy also. So like when I say I like winter, I mean, I like winters in Quebec and, and Finland basically. <laughs> I think that's the huge difference. And yeah, yeah, and you can do things. You can go snowboard. You can, you know, you can enjoy the yeah. snow. Again, we just yeah. get rain, like, because nothing to be done in the exactly. rain. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do need to to have that experience again because I used to go to when I was growing up in France, we used to go ski in the winter and I did love that. That was like you said, it's cozy and it's fun and you do enjoy the cold because it's snowing and you're doing it's the whole vibe and a whole mood. But 
I miss that and I feel like Canada would be even nicer than France. Absolutely, you can. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting about all this with me. Um, yeah. I still like you even even if you don't like summer, really. And we can <laughs> still you. be friends. We can still be friends. But yeah, I'm excited for for your, you know, upcoming trip to the wood. Hopefully you won't think about work, although, you know, you probably still will in some ways. You'll find some leaves and you'll be like, oh, wow, that will do a cool collage. <laughs> and you'll start working there and then. Hopefully not, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you want to know more about Mimi, then head out to mimiforcreatives.com and make sure to check the show notes for more details about our guest. I'll see you soon. Bye.